Welcome to the Venue Solutions Audio Podcast for August 9th, 2010. This is podcast number six. I'm your host, William Sellers. And I'm your co-host, Matt Wallace. And I want to introduce our special guest today, Amy Dugdale from the leading email archiving provider, LiveOffice. Welcome, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. And Amy's coming to us over Skype. She's not sitting here in the in our studio. She's actually coming in over the power of the internet via Skype. From California. Oh, yeah? What part of California? Uh, we're based in Southern California, a little bit south of LAX Airport. Very cool. I also want to make a note before we get started. You might hear rumbles of thunder. That's us trying to put you to sleep. <laughs> okay. This is South Everybody Louisiana. breathe deep. Breathe easy. Yeah, no, we have a storm brewing outside right now and even though we're in a fairly uh closed room the 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 sound still kind of echoes in the uh the attic so just just deal with it if if you get real calm and relaxed this could be a good thing this could just calm the podcast down a little bit you know So a little house, a little housekeeping before we get started. Uh, just so everyone knows, our website is www.venue. It's v-e-n-y-u.com. We have uh, a corresponding blog, very easily found at blog.venue.com, and we're also on Twitter at uh, the at symbol v-e-n-y-u. So if you want to find us uh, on any of those places, we we, we would direct you there. Very good. Well, Will and Amy, today's topic is about email archiving. Uh, as it pertains to the SMB and SME, the small to medium enterprise, um, we here at Venue, we've partnered with LiveOffice to provide their industry-leading archiving platform to our clients. Uh, LiveOffice is not only the clear market leader in email archiving, but they provide the most comprehensive suite of email archiving and email-related products. It's a very impressive suite of services. So uh, recently, what kind of spawned this whole um, idea for this podcast is a study that ESG put out, Enterprise Strategy Group. They found that 75% of businesses are going to be looking at implementing an email archiving project in the near future, actually like this year. So it's, it's super red hot. So my question is, listener, could that be you? <laughs> I think most listeners would probably agree. <laughs> As everyone knows, uh, data storage and email systems is growing and growing. And although we have great tools for doing content management and for storing data um, with things like iManage and things like this to keep data in a, in a centralized repository, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, a lot of people still keep documents, spreadsheets, and so on in their email system. And the kind of their, their document management system, unfortunately, becomes email. So Amy's here to talk today with us about some reasons why businesses should consider email archiving and uh, how it's a benefit for the uh, SMB, SME space. So Amy, give our listeners a quick snapshot of who LiveOffice is and uh, a little history about LiveOffice. Sure. So as you uh, kind of already alluded to, we are the number one provider of cloud-based email archiving compliance and continuity services in North America. We currently have more than 10,000 customers. um, And so obviously that's a number we're very, very proud of um, and what we believe is a very important milestone for our company. As a little bit of history, we were founded in 1998. Uh, Originally, our business was founded to provide um, websites to financial advisors. Along with those uh, website domains, those financial advisors 
asked us to host their email. And before we knew it, they were asking us for an archiving and compliance system for their messages to meet the SEC and at the time the NASD, which is now the mm, FINRA right. regulatory requirements. So um, we, we built that solution um, and launched that back in 2001 and have basically been in the archiving business ever since. How about that? That's very cool. It is. You've been around for a while doing this. That's, that's awesome. I like how yeah, the, the financial space kind of predicated the uh, the evolution of, of the business. That's, that's really neat. Yeah, I, I, it absolutely did. And it's kind of interesting, as you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about as we, as we get later into the podcast, but it's sort of interesting to watch the evolution from it being so heavily focused in financial services for a number of years to kind of where we've come to today in, in 2010. So I'm looking forward to talking about that with you as well. Yeah, great. Um, so, just like the ESG report stated, most businesses, well, not most, 75%, just to be specific, of businesses are looking at some kind of uh, email archiving platform right now. So, the big question is, why do businesses need such a service as email archiving? Well, my big question back is, why don't businesses need archiving? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I think basically what we've come to now with the um, federal rule, the amendments to the federal rules of civil procedure a few years ago is that any company that can be involved in a federal court case, which is most companies, sure. um, really needs to be able to produce emails uh, quickly and efficiently um, in the event that they're called into a into a court case. So I think, you know, we've come to this this era where really every business should have an archiving solution in place um, because after all, email is the number one source of evidence in most of the court cases these days. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, many companies are deploying archiving to help with mailbox management and also meet corporate and regulatory compliance requirements, as we kind of already talked about. Um, and then lastly, many companies are turning to host archiving as a business continuity excuse me, as a business continuity solution for their email. So basically what they want to ensure that their users have, can always access messages regardless of the status of their in-house mail server or their hosted email platform. Okay. Cool. And I, I know that uh, when, you, when you hit upon like, you know, needing archiving, I know a lot of people will, will rely on backup, standard either disk or tape backups. But when you're in, in court, a lot of times you need to have access to that data real time or you need it very, very fast. And uh, an email archiving solution uh, gives you that rapid recoverability, or not really necessarily recoverability, but fast access, rather than having to wait for a backup administrator to get a you know a case to recover some group of data and then give it back to the to the guy who's in court. So exactly. uh, I think we'd probably agree, maybe that Amy, that that's a very um, you know quick and easy way to get the ball rolling legally. Well, absolutely. And if you think about it, I mean, you're, we're capturing all the messages sent and received in real time. So the minute they hit your inbox or they leave your, you know, they leave your outbox, they're going into the archive so that those messages are instantly accessible either by the end user um, or, you know, if, if, it's a, if it's a legal case, it could also be instantly accessible by um, IT or legal. And in addition, IT and legal have the, have the ability to put those messages on hold, which, as we know, for a, a court case can, can be extremely important. So, yeah, you absolutely hit the value prop right on the head. Cool. Now, Amy, what about storage? When we look at, you know, you know, where you're storing your data, is it it's kept in the cloud? It's clipped on off-site. So, if we're uh, uh, archiving uh, data on premises or on another cloud provider, which I think you guys do, so you can do on-premises uh, archiving, like if a person has their Exchange server or Lotus Domino server, like or whatnot, located at their data center. Uh, you can definitely archive that, but also doing things from the cloud where if you have any email hosting solution like Gmail or, or, or so on, 
or Zimbra, you can archive. But where is that data stored? It's stored at your it, it data centers at your location. You know, it kind of takes kind of takes so, the it kind of takes the 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 burden of having all the data stored at the IT shops uh, data center off into your into your platform, correct? Exactly. So that data all comes into our enterprise class data centers um, and is backed up in multiple data centers. And obviously the benefit there is kind of the economies of scale. We've spent millions and millions of dollars on our infrastructure to make sure that our clients' data is safe. So we're delivering a special value to SMBs and SMEs because we're able to give them an infrastructure that would cost them out of pocket several millions, you know, several million dollars that they, you know, most likely don't have in their IT budget. Exactly. And, you know, kind of what people are doing now is, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this, is when people look at archiving, uh, the first thing that pops in the end user's mind is, well, they'll just create a PST file. And, you know, that, that definitely, your, your solution takes that out of the picture where a person will archive either to their, what ends up usually happening is they archive to their local desktop that may or may not be backed up. And it's kind of unmanaged by the IT staff where this your, your solution here allows uh, total management from the IT staff and also, you know, eventually the end user to get to their data quickly. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. I mean, really what we, I mean, to us, we see and what our clients tell us, I mean, PSTs are really a liability at this point in time, especially with the additional scrutiny on email as a business record in, mm. in the federal courts. Right. And so, you know, basically, um, there, there are several problems with PSTs. I'll give you a couple. Um, the first is there's no way to prevent users from deleting a PST file before the system is backed up. So you may end up in a court case with a, with a former employee and they have a record of an email that your legal team didn't have a copy of until you guys ended up in court. So it's a surprise. Um, it's also, as you alluded to, it's very difficult to find PSTs that are saved locally. It's generally a highly manual and time-consuming process that the IT team has to go through to recover those files. And then lastly, as you kind of also talked about, if you've got PST files that are saved on a laptop and that laptop is lost or stolen, uh, those PST files may very well be gone as well and, and, and unrecoverable for that matter. Those PST files, are you able to search for specific data inside them? through some kind of console, or do you have to uncompress them and restore no, them? the PST file you'll basically open up with your email um, your email client. So like, in, in like when Outlook. I say PST, yeah, when I say PST, it normally is talking about an Outlook client. Okay. I think uh, GroupWise has another extension. I like don't... NSF? Yeah. NSF, you got NSF. it. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and those are opened up by the clients. So one good thing about doing it with something like LiveOffice is you're taking off that independence from needing a client to open these messages up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure, Amy, and you can clarify this, that there's a web interface into the, um, into the email archive? Correct. So we offer a couple different views into the archive. There's the personal archive view for end users, and then there's the discovery archive view. Um, but regardless of which view you select, we're storing all the messages in their native format you know, within our archive. So when you go into the archive, you're, it's, it's almost acting exactly like your Outlook client acts. You can look at an, you just double click on that message. It opens up for you. Um, you can even view it in a preview pane. You can also double click on the attachments in the message. Those open up in their native format, whether it's Word, PowerPoint, JPEG, etc. So it's 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 a it's a highly intuitive experience. It's almost almost one of those things where um, there's really very little training needed, you know, prior to your first time use because, like I said, it acts like 
Outlook. Right. I actually looked at the little video online and it looked very intuitive. It just is like a folder inside of your Outlook yeah. client, which you is great it. for the which is great for the end user, but when you're in court battling off a court case, uh, it's you, you know all you need to give someone is a web URL and your proper security and they can get in and look at all of your emails. So it's Correct. a very for, so for the person who is on the legal side doesn't have to know anything about what client to use, what you know, how to import a PST. They can just go to the website, click on a user's name, and then drill down to all their email, which makes it very easy when legality comes into it and you're actually having to give this data up. Correct. And and just to be clear to our to our listeners, because I don't want to scare you know I don't want to scare anyone. I, you know, yes, we do have clients that give their outside counsel access to the archive, but keep in mind it's um, it's very secure, very protected access, and it's only for approved personnel. So it's not as though you're you're in the courtroom and you know you hand out a URL to everyone in the Can courtroom. Google it. To go look at <laughs> yeah. all your emails. Your, yeah. your, your Google's not email. Your uh, email is not Google searchable. It's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's protected so inside it's, your cloud. It's access for approved personnel, correct? And it, and then that is one of the, you know, a huge benefit of our solution because otherwise, with other types of archiving solutions, you might have to give that outside counsel. Uh, they would need to be um, added to your Active Directory, and um, they would need to have like you know they would basically need to VPN into your network in order to search the archives. So this is a great way to to give them access to the archives should they need it. You know the other use case there is of course that you can have your your internal IT or legal team go into Discovery Archive, pull all the messages that that the outside counsel you know that your um, outside counsel is asking for and deliver it to them on you know, on a, on a DVD. Very good. You mentioned just a second ago, the, the two flavors, discovery and personal mail. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about those and the differences between discovery and personal? Sure. So, like I said before, we offer two views into the archive. So there's the Live Office Personal Archive, which is the end user view, um, and each user has a personal archive folder in their email client. Again, it's it's each user that's approved by the IT department, of course. Um, and basically, when they double click on that folder, they're able to see all the messages and attachments that they've sent and received. Uh, they can also do advanced searches to locate precisely the email they're looking for. Um, we all have it here at Live Office, um, and of course, we have tons of clients using it. And the the best word I have for it is just an awesome tool, um, and it just is so great to be able, you know. When I can't find an email in my inbox, and maybe I've deleted it, and I just quickly click on, click into personal archive, and right. basically quickly set up the search parameters. Um, it might even just be one keyword, and then it pulls up. You know, generally I'll pull up probably several hundred emails, but then there's these search filters on the left-hand side that allow me to go down and, you know, I know that email came from Dean. I know it was sent in 2009, and I know it had an Excel attachment. And I hit those filters, and all of a sudden, you know, it's down to three emails. I know, and I and uh, I found the message I need, you know, really quickly. I know on a podcast that doesn't sound real sexy and cool, but let me tell you, <laughs> I've done searches in Outlook. I think we all have, and it's just a pain. Let's be honest. There's a search field, and that's it. And you'll turn right. up a thousand messages, which right. just because it has the it has an E in it. Oh, yeah. oh, this email has an E in it. Yep, that's it. Okay. And it'll show you 1,200 emails. Yeah, so the Live Office tool, I, I've seen this in demo many, 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 many times, and the filters are just great. You can isolate an e email just 
like in minutes. Yeah, and if anyone really wants to get a, a little closer look, if you go to liveoffice.com, there's some a uh, couple of videos that you can look at where it actually walks a person through and gets a little bird's eye view of the interface, which is, like you said, is fantastic. So if you're searching through a document and you need to look for the word, you know, Rumpel Stillskin in the middle of an email address, you're in that all the time. It pops up. Yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> That's now, my favorite. Does it, do you know if it also connects in, and like you say, if you've got an attachment like a Word doc, will it also pull, peer into that Word document, or is it mainly Absolutely. just... Yeah, Absolutely. so you see, that's what... Just really, knock me out of the chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a very cool feature because if, you know, your body of your email may not have anything in it, and you may just be sending off a, a Word document to someone else, and, you know, sometimes you search for it, and there's nothing in the body of the document. You can't get the data back. You're not looking, you're not looking in the right place. So being that your software actually will kind of peer into the Word document and find a fi- find a keyword or a phrase, that's very, very powerful and, and speeds along any type of, you know, discovery that someone's doing. Well, just a quick correction. You said software. This is a software as a service play, right, Amy? You got it. Just wanted to make sure well, everybody you know, understood. These days, Matt, there is, should be no local software, correct? That's it should right. all be in the cloud. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so how about discovery? So what, what's the difference between discovery and personal? Sure. And you know what? I, mi- I miss one of the most important parts of, of one of the most important features of personal archive and the one that I use the most. I think I kind of alluded to it, but I don't think I actually described it. But um, so once I've got those three final emails up that I was looking for, I found the one I wanted. And now with just a click of the button, I restore it back to my inbox and I can forward it on or, you know, reply to it as though it was always in my inbox. So obviously, um, huge, hugely beneficial um, use of the product. Um, so and then and now on to Discovery Archive, now that I've diverged a little bit there. Um, so that's the right. Discovery Archive, which again, we kind of have spoken about, is that's really the view for reviewers, um, whether they are IT people or legal people. Um, and again, those are people only approve people that have access to the company's entire archive. Um, and they're able to basically go in there, run advanced searches, similar to what I just was telling you about um, in personal archive. But then they're also able to do things like put messages on legal hold because of a, a court order, um, export messages like we talked about before, export messages for further review and analysis. So again, really a great tool. And you know, I think what everything you read just talks about the the more you can cull down email data before it actually goes to your legal counsel for review, the better off you're going to be. And I think, you know, we've illustrated the use cases here. It's much better to give your legal counsel the 500 messages that are relevant to the case than the 5,000 you think are relevant to the yeah, case. Absolutely. So, Amy, the uh, the discovery tool, you, you said it, it allows legal counsel, HR, IT, whoever. This is a This is a global view of the company's entire email sphere world, right? That's correct. And one of the things that's really um, unique about it is the fact that it's aggregating, like you said, it's company-wide. So that means whether you have one office in LA or, you know, six offices in North America and five offices in Asia, um, we're taking all that data. It's going into that central repository. The other thing about it is that we work with heterogeneous messaging environments. So maybe the U.S. is on exchange, but Asia is running on Lotus. Um, We're able to, we're able to uh, take all those messages and just put them in the archive. So they're all in one central place for review. Very good. Very good. All right. So let's, let's boil this down. 
to a use case. Like uh, it could be a success story that you've seen recently or a business that you guys are rolling out right now. Give our listeners an example of a company that um, is using Discovery and Personal just and sure. how that works. Sure. So we have a publishing company of, uh, that they have a few thousand users and their storage grew 91% in four months. And um, they go ahead. I, I was just like, wow. Can you imagine? Yeah, That's pretty unbelievable, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, their IT, the IT team quickly realized, I mean, the mailbox sizes were almost unmanageable and the backup times had increased to what they considered were unacceptable windows. Um, and in fact, so unacceptable, they were impacting overall system performance. That's actually a great point. So um, since our archive, um, all messages are archived in real time, basically we have clients that have um, greatly reduce their backup windows because what they do is they actually prune their server every 90 days um, and, and just knowing that all the messages are accessible to their end users and their legal and IT and HR in the archive. That way they're able to keep their um, on-premise mail servers very, very lean, keep those backup windows small. So um, one of the other issues that this uh, company was having that they um, were finding that the e-discovery process um, was extremely time consuming because they were having to uh, restore the data off of thousands of backup tapes. Um, and then uh, another thing was that they wanted to empower their end users to search for, find, and restore lost or deleted messages, something we've talked about a lot today. Uh, and, and so with Personal Archive, um, what they found is they were able to give their users essentially unlimited mailboxes. So it's kind of what you were talking about before. They were able, they didn't have to impose mailbox quotas on their users anymore because everything's being stored in the archive. And when IT needs to go in and prune the server, um, you know, they just, they prune the server. Um, and, and the other interesting thing, this is one of the best, other than the 91% right. uh, storage growth in four months, um, the other great part of the story is that the IT um, person had done a ton of due diligence prior to deciding whether they were going to go with an archiving solution and it also looked um, a lot between hosted archiving solutions and on-premise archiving solutions. He ended up um, doing a calculation that not having an archiving solution in place was costing them more than $200,000 a year. Wow. Jeez. That is a so lot of money for an IT budget. That's a Lamborghini. I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the uh, and so the other big thing for him and, and um, was that they love the the fixed per mailbox per month pricing structure, yeah. Um, which as we know is kind of unique to hosted solutions because we can you know you we see how many users you have in a month and that's how much you're billed for. That way you're not trying to forecast storage capacity and 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 trying to decide when you're going to buy more more storage space for email. Um, you just know you're paying a set fee per mailbox per month for that archiving service. That's really big because that helps your you know internal IT staff justify it when it's not, you know, because the first thing management will look at is, I'm like, okay, we'll start off small, but when we, when we start growing two, right. three years and, and on, you know, that right. could be astronomical. When it's just done by mailbox, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Right. That's very You're only using what you need. Very cost effective. And it's unlimited storage and retention, which is also huge. So, um, Amy... If you would give our listeners a uh, couple couple points, couple takeaway points that they can leave this podcast with uh, about why email archiving, what, what what do you want people to know? 
Sure. Well, I think we kind of talked about the key drivers. So, you know, you have your mailbox management, storage management driver, the idea being that you want to keep your servers lean, but also keep your users happy and productive. Mm. Um, you know, there's also the legal discovery, the, the legal discovery benefits. Um, you always want to make sure that email is readily uh, searchable and accessible and downloadable. Um, and then, of course, you know, compliance, um, regulatory compliance, as well as corporate compliance, you want to make sure that your policies are, are being adhered to. Um, but then the one thing we didn't really get a chance to talk about, and I think it's especially relevant right now because you have a lot of organizations that are evaluating their email infrastructure. Um, they may be on-premise now, but maybe they're looking to move their email to the cloud eventually. And Archiving is a great solution to put in place now as kind of your step into the cloud. Um, because if you start archiving those messages with a company like LiveOffice now, um, they're going to be accessible throughout the entire migration process. And furthermore, um, you know, it's going to you're going to be able to do a very lean migration because sure. all your data is already in the archive, and you kind of get to start start new with whether you decide that you're just upgrading your your current on-premise mail servers or moving to the cloud entirely, right. um, knowing that your users always have access to to the messages. Awesome. Another thing, Amy, I was looking at when I was looking at your site uh, earlier uh, this week and, and last week was y'all are also doing. Um, Social media archiving, and, and I know that you know messages in the conventional sense of exchange and 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 conventional email servers uh, are great, but some people are using things like social media to deliver information, like Twitter and Facebook. I think you also you guys also do uh, archiving of that data as well. That's correct. That's one of our newest offerings, and it was basically. Um you know, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority back in January um, put out Regulatory Notice 10-06. Uh, I'm probably butchering that, but that's the number. <laughs> okay. um, and it basically says, you know, if you're if, finan if financial services professionals that are registered with FINRA are using social media for business, you know, it needs, it, it's got to follow the kind of the normal compliance protocol, um, which is that it needs to be monitored and it needs to be archived so that mm -hmm. if there's a request from an auditor to go back in a certain point of time, you know, that financial services firm can, can, you know, immediately produce whatever content was on that social media site that given day. So we've developed a solution that's able to capture that content and put it into the archive um, where it's fully viewable and retrievable. Very cool. Very exciting because in these days, I mean, social media is really growing and having something that you can archive from for years and years and years after things like Twitter and Facebook have, have perhaps yeah. gone away, this is very beneficial to businesses. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're, we're really excited because we really feel like we're kind of on the forefront of, of, of where social media is heading and in particular in the financial services industry because that's as usual they always regulate first the rest of the rest of the industries follow later so we're certainly very excited about the offering yeah, and it has be. been it's been very well received awesome well amy thanks so much for uh taking time out today to to uh give us a uh overview of live office and email archiving and uh again why those smbs and smes need to consider email archiving for their businesses because remember ESG stated in their study 75% of businesses and that could be you <laughs> learn more online at liveoffice.com or uh, certainly venue.com or our our, uh, our our micro site for our backup service amerivault.com we have an email archiving page on there um, again we are partnered with them 
um, hand in hand. So however you however you get to live office, it's a good thing. So uh, we want to thank our listeners and thank you again, Amy. And we will see you later. Bye bye. Oh. William and Matt, thank you so much. And thanks to our listeners as well. Take care.